is Metro Focus with Raphael P. Roman, Jack Ford, and Jenna Flanagan. Metro Focus is made possible by Sue and Edgar Wackenheim III, Sylvia A. and Simon B. Poita Programming Endowment to Fight Anti-Semitism, the Peter G. Peterson and Joan Gans Cooney Fund, Bernard and Denise Schwartz, Barbara Hope Zuckerberg, the Ambrose Monell Foundation, and by Good evening and welcome to Metro Focus. I'm Jenna Flanagan. In March of 2021, a 21-year-old man murdered eight people at three spas in Atlanta, Georgia. Six of the eight victims were women of Asian descent. The shooting shook an Asian-American community already rattled by a spate of vicious attacks from coast to coast. The tragic events in Atlanta became a galvanizing moment for the AAPI community, spurring a new era of political activism and action. Now, as violence against Asian Americans continues to surge in cities across America, including tragically here in New York, the new PBS documentary, Rising Against Asian Hate, One Day in March, explores the Atlanta spa shootings and their aftermath. Here's a preview. That was when I started to do my hunt and search for my mother. I remember calling the sheriff's office, trying to identify the women. I don't think some of them believed that it was my mother when I was calling. They were like, yeah, these are Asian women. And I'm like, yes, my mother's Asian. My brother called me to get an update. Have I heard anything? What's going on? At that moment, I had just gotten off the phone with the medical examiner, and uh, she told me that, yes, they did have a body downtown of a woman named Young Yu. That was my mother. And joining me now to talk about the documentary as part of our Exploring Hate initiative, examining the roots and rise of hate in America and across the globe, our executive producer, Gina Kim. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you. We'd also like to welcome the director of the documentary, TTU. TT, welcome to Metro Focus. Thank you. And also joining us is Robert Peterson. Robert lost his mother in the Atlanta shootings and is featured in the film. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. So, TT, I want to start with you and just get um, what I guess spurred you to uh, begin the process of making this documentary and most importantly, including a different point of view from the way the story played out in the news media. Yeah, I mean, I think this, uh, you know, back in uh, late December, early January 2021, a lot of us in the Asian American community uh, began notice, began seeing on our social media um, all these really, really gruesome attacks against um, the elderly and Asian women in our community. So um, at the same time that we were seeing these videos, we were also hearing um, elected officials, you know, really blaming this pandemic on the Asian American community. So I think, you know, for a lot of us in the Asian American community, we saw this story in those parallel terms. 
So when March 16th happened, you know, a lot of us um, were not surprised. Um, we were, um, we felt this was something um, inevitable. And um, so when this story happened, um, a few months after this story happened, um, Gina approached PBS to, to do a documentary about um, um, the rise in anti-Asian hate. And I knew that, um, um, you know, Gina and I talked about this and we knew that, uh, you know, it was important for us to tell the story of the community in Georgia and how they really dealt with the tragedy. Um, so, so that's how really, um, you know, that's really the story that we wanted to tell was the story of the Asian American community in Atlanta and how they were able to come together in the aftermath of this tragedy. Okay. And Gina, I will come to you in a moment, but uh, Robert, I just want to go to you because you not unfortunately had the tragic firsthand experience. You lost your mother in the Atlanta shootings. Uh, and watching your story unfold includes some unique aspects of how uh, race and racism affected you personally. Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said before, I definitely remember when it happened and you never think it's going to happen to you. And then for this to happen to my mother and to see the outpouring of support, um, but also knowing that this was a crime of hate um, and this was based on racial bias against my mother. And then me being black and Korean, um, again, continuously fighting for our rights as black people and as Asians, um, it really was um, more personal to me now in an unfortunate way. So with that in mind then, Gina, I wanna bring you into the conversation and ask, you know, I think for a lot of people, especially viewers of PBS, we've seen a lot of documentaries about various different ethnic groups and the struggles and challenges that they've had in America, but perhaps not as many people are as fluent in understanding what the Asian American experience is. And was that something that you felt was incredibly necessary when it came to retelling the story? Absolutely. Um, when we decided to tell the story, we really felt that it was important as Asian American filmmakers to be the ones to tell the story. You know, we knew this was a unique moment in our in our history. I mean, the violence against Asian Americans is nothing new. We all know that this has been a long, long history of violence um, and discrimination against the Asian American community. And but we did feel that this is a very unique moment. This is def definitely a unique moment in my lifetime. I've never experienced anything like this. And so we felt, you know, compelled to tell the story. I mean, I do think that, you know, you know, we often talk about race in this country in a very binary black, white sort of, you know, discussion. And Asian Americans are often left out of that conversation. And, you know, Asian Americans have also felt sort of invisible, right? That our voices aren't heard, that we aren't getting our issues out there. And so I do think that this was a you know, an inflection point for the Asian American community and a time for us to sort of rise up and say, you know, hey, we are part of this conversation, this is happening to us and we need to figure out what, how to stop it. Of course. Titi, when you began, uh, re, I guess, researching or revisiting this story, was there something specifically that stood out to you that you were just like, this needs to be corrected? Or perhaps was it something where a clearer narrative or a different narrative unfolded as you went back to uh, examine that event? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that um, that happened after uh, the shooting was a lot of the uh, media narrative um, really, really portray these women as, um, you know, trafficked, um, that they were sex workers, 
Um, meanwhile, you know, um, you know, they were they were moms and grandmas and they were hardworking people who were just trying to make a living, you know, support their families. And so I think, you know, when it comes to the media, there was just a lot of misinformation about um, um, who who um, a lot of the victims were. And I think the other thing is um, the way that, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, the police uh, handled not just this particular um, um, case, but also other cases when it comes to um, hate crimes against Asian Americans. You know, there's a sense of callousness um, and insensitivity, and that goes beyond, you know, uh, party lines. Um, and, you know, and I think that those things, um, you know, we really wanted to make sure that um, that that's documented. Robert, Gina mentioned in her answer that so much of America is understood in a very sort of binary, as she mentioned, black and white manner. And I'm wondering for someone who exists, as you point out in the film, you present as a black man, but you are also very proudly Korean American. How did you come to, I guess, understand or experience uh, the rise in anti-Asian sentiment um, and inflammatory language that was really starting to pick up uh, after the pandemic exploded? Um, again, I, I've been Black and Korean all my life. And so as a Black and Korean man, I've experienced racism uh, on because of my racial background, being Black as well as being Korean. Uh, so this is not new to me, but in with this instance and of my mother, again, it was uh, like the first time others were now recognizing and, and receiving me as Korean. And so uh, that was very important to me um, to make sure that I, 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 I made sure that I presented myself as Korean and, and that I was unapologetically who I am. But again, that that I wanted to highlight our community um, because my mother, again, would, would want to be silent. She would want to be quiet, but she also knew that this was something that was happening in our community and in our larger world, especially uh, since COVID. And so um, I, I'm the voice that she wants me to be. Well, Robert, as her voice, uh, even though there were eight victims in total, uh, I would like you to tell us a little bit about your mother and who she was as a person. Uh, my mother, again, was probably like your mother or the many Korean mothers out there. Uh, she loved her family. She wanted to work. Uh, she was a, a, a wife to my father, uh, who was also a military man. And she raised two beautiful boys. Uh, and and we, we turned out to be pretty good. And she just always taught us to be respectful. She never uh, put us in a position where we had to choose or feel like we were more Black or more Korean than others. Uh, but we also talked about our experiences of navigating this world uh, as a Korean mother with a Black son. And so um, a lot of times she, she communicated with me through food. So that's why I have a love of food now. And that's one of my missions is to share and bring people together through food. Because while she didn't hug and say, I love you much, she would often feed me and she would often spend quality time with me. And so those are the things that I think uh, I miss the most. And again, what I say to others is those are the things that I want you to connect with her. She was just a regular mother. Um, she loved her children. She thought she would be safe at work. And that's what everybody deserves. And can you share your mom's name with us? My mother is Young Yu, Y-O-N-G-Y-U-E. Uh, my mother was the eighth and last victim uh, from that day. 
Okay. And the reason specifically why I asked you to share your mom's name was because we also learn, and I remember from covering the story when it took place, so much of the media either didn't try to engage with the victims' names or, you know, stumbled through them because many uh, native-born English speakers or natural English speakers or whatever you want to call it, aren't bilingual, don't really, they struggle with names that aren't in English. And so Gina, I want to ask you again, when it comes to telling a fuller, richer story, I just remember that as being something that was clearly pointed out in the film, the correct pronunciations of the victims' names. Absolutely. That was something that I think was very problematic and disturbing to the Korean community community um, and to the Chinese community. The names were sort of, you know, horribly pronounced and, and people were sort of confused about who actually were the victims and the people who died that day. Um, I think, you know, there was they had some difficulty finding the family members and being able to, you know, locate the family members and tell them about what happened to their to their mothers and their daughters and their, you know, aunts and 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 you know there was one person whose family is in is in China and they you know took it took a long time to identify that individual and to reach her family and so there's a lot of you know issues um, that other people don't have to face you know when you have a name that is maybe more familiar um, and and you know and that's this is something that I think a lot of people don't recognize that you know these women you know. We're living in America as Americans who, who love this country, who were there to support their family, going to work every day and working very, very hard. And I think this sense of being other, being this perpetual foreigner, they're not American. I mean, you know, Bobby's mother, I mean, her sons are, you know, she married a, a, a GI, American soldier. She has two sons who are, who are American, um, Black American, Asian American. Um, and yet we sort of saw them as, you know, something that's not part of this country and, and foreign. Um, and I think that's, you know, something that Asian Americans have had to deal, deal with for generations and centuries. Um, we're always seen as the perpetual foreigners, um, never really part of the fabric of the society when we helped build the society. And, you know, Asian Americans have been here for, for decades, centuries, generations. Of course, yeah. And if I could, I, I wanted to say that that's what led to the narrative of like deserving or undeserving, suggesting that these women were undeserving um, of the justice or that they were deserving of this kind of hate. And so I think it's very important that, as they said, we as Asians tell our own stories so that we can create and shape that narrative and make sure that it's told right. I remember when this happened, we talked about the different narratives from the Korean newspapers or the Korean community, how we were talking amongst ourselves and how it was different or there were um, discrepancies between the main media and Korean media. And so again, that's what we talk about when we talk about representation in journalism, when we talk about representation with the police force. I do often think if my mother would have survived, would there have been someone there that spoke Korean that could have comforted her in her time of trauma? And I do recognize that things like that uh, matter. And again, as a, as a dominant group person, you may not consider uh, those types of things, but I think this story highlights that and the importance of uh, sharing my mother's story along with the other victims. And again, continuing pushing and telling our narrative so that they don't get it wrong. Of course. And in addition to the importance of uh, telling, and I really want to emphasize the telling, one of the things the film brings forward is that 
even though we know that the numbers, the incidences of uh, anti-Asian hate is rising, it's still largely underreported. And so, Titi, I wanted to ask you, you know, why is it, uh, why why is that an underreported number? What is it that people don't feel comfortable going to the police when they've been assaulted, when they've been harassed, when they've been mistreated somehow? Yeah, I think, you know, I think um, Asian Americans underreport hate crimes. Um, I think one of the reasons um, is uh, when they do report, sometimes they don't always get the kind of act reaction from um, the police that 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 they're, uh, you know, what happened to them is is, is important, you know, as Bobby said earlier. Uh, you know, so eloquently, you know, I think uh, Asian Americans um, are often, um, you know, seen as undeserving of, of that kind of justice. So I think, you know, um, a lot of times, um, you know, Asian Americans are, are taught um, also that um, don't make waves, you know, keep your head down, you know, work hard, you know, um, this is how we become American. That's what, you know, that's what we're taught. So, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, um, you know, I think that's changing. I think, um, I think um, March 16th, um, if there's anything to come out of this tragedy, I think is, is this idea that um, the Asian Americans that, you know, people are speaking up um, when something like this happens. Robert, I saw you nodding your head just a moment ago. Can you expand on what you were thinking? Absolutely. I think this is definitely cultural, right? Uh, again, the model minority and again, the assimilation into the mainstream culture, uh, uh, whether that looks like adopting an American name or trying to uh, associate or assimilate with the white culture, right? To just ease on by. And again, I also think this is parallel to the black community and our relationship with law enforcement. Uh, what does it mean to go to law enforcement if they don't speak in our language or if they don't believe us when we do finally speak up? Uh, again, within my family, we have had this debate on this pursuit of a hate crime against this. And many are fearful that we may lose and why put our family through the trauma if we won't be heard. And again, for me, it's the fight. My mother's not coming back, but this will be for the fight for every other woman uh, forward. This will be for the Asian community to show that this is what we have to do. We, we, we no longer can be silent. And as we see other marginalized group continuously um, facing this violence, we know that we are in this together, that we are all being attacked by violence, uh, particularly gun violence, and particularly here in Georgia. And so again, it's very important that we tell this intersection of a story. Gina, I also want to get your thoughts on, because the film doesn't, it deals with, of course, the crisis and the trauma of what happens, but it also sort of ends on a bit of a positive note, and that is highlighting all of the different activism and political activism, people running for office and winning seats. But at the same time, just like any other group, and I always try to make sure that we bring it up, despite what people might generally vote as, Asian Americans are not a monolith. No, no you're right. Asian Americans are not a monolith. And, and I do think that this, um, this stereotype that Asian Americans are the model minority, right? When you know, Asian Americans have the largest income gap disparity um, out of any other ethnic group in, in, in this country. Um, and so certainly there are people in the Asian American community who do extremely well and who are leaders in their industry. And there are people who live in abject poverty. And so there is a huge gap and we're not a monolith and we and we're not we don't you know, 
Um, we're not all alike and we don't all think alike. And so, you know, we definitely want to showcase the people on the ground doing the work. I mean, when we went to Atlanta, we, we knew that people who have been working in these communities have been working on the ground, doing the hard work for, for decades, for a very, very long time. And so we wanted to make sure that people understood that this has been taking place, that all of a sudden these you know, attacks against Asian Americans, it's not like Asian Americans all of a sudden started to rise up and speak out. It's been happening for a while. Um, but it is a moment that is is uniting, I think, the Asian American community more so than, you know, um, other times. And, and it really is going to be interesting to see what what happens next, because I think this is just the beginning of the conversation. And it really will be, um, uh, you know, a moment for people to sort of reflect and say, what is next for the Asian American community? And that seems like a, a natural question for especially a documentary like this to end on. But TT, was that sort of the intent is to show that, you know, out of triumph, or excuse me, out of tragedy can come a triumph of activism and movement and people working to make sure that this doesn't happen again or that if it does, God forbid, it's not handled the same way. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, that, um, you know, every generation, I think, you know, going back to what Gina was saying that, you know, Asian Americans, we've been here in this country since the beginning and we built this country and, you know, and, you know, every time something bad happens to America on the international stage, you know, Asian Americans in this country gets blamed, whether that's, you know, uh, World War II or, you know, certainly after 9-11. So, and every, after every one of those incidents, Asian Americans have been here and rebuilding our communities and, and putting in the work. So um, absolutely, I think, you know, um, uh, you know, um, the uh, Asian American Foundation earlier uh, came out with a study that says more Americans now blame Asian Americans for the pandemic than during the height of the pandemic. So, so that, you know, what that says to me that that violence against Asian Americans is not going to go away, but neither are we, you know, we're, we're here to stay. And how, and this question really is for the entire panel, but um, Robert, I'll start with you. How do you see, what is the most important step that you need to see taking place so that there's a better understanding, better community, better visibility amongst the Asian American community as part of the American fabric? All right. So I, I definitely like the step that we're moving towards now, you know, the storytelling, raising awareness and increasing the education. Again, this is parallel to my experience as a black man uh, when we talk about the history of our people and how it's being shared and taught. Uh, I went to HBCU uh, and that's how I found out a lot about my African-American history that I was not taught in K through 12. So as we continue to tell these stories and share our Asian stories, I think that's a, a forward moving step. However, we also need to make sure that we invest in our own communities and, uh, and hold our leaders accountable. Uh, again, anti-hate bills are good, but that's a reactionary to something damage that has already been caused. So what are we doing to make sure that women are empowered in the workforce, that women are free from violence, going to work, going to the grocery store? Uh, how are we helping to, uh, uh, to, to, to uplift these communities? And I believe the solidarity between communities uh, will get us there. And so this fight will be a continuous fight. It'll be one that I'll be glad to be a part of, uh, but, but I am cautiously optimistic because we have been here before. Gina, are you also cautiously optimistic? You know, as a journalist, you know, just, just <laughs> watching, um, you know, just watching, you know, what's been happening. 
Um, I do think, you know, one of the reasons why we made this film is to keep this this issue in the public eye. I think a lot of, you know, times um, with a lot of news stories, they sort of fall fall away. And but, you know, attacks against Asian Americans haven't stopped and it's not stopping anytime soon. you know, we Asian Americans are the in the film. We talk about how Asian Americans are the largest um, growing demographic in this in this country, ethnic group in this country. And so, I'm actually curious to see how how what what how the society responds to that. You know, like as Asian Americans, you know, grab more power as they come out and vote more, as they are, you know, more significant members of society and leaders in society as uh, you know as many already are it will be very interesting to see how we navigate you know this country and how and what the response is um all right <laughs> well tt we have about a minute left but i'd love to get your thoughts again on uh what it, i guess you see as a positive step that could be coming out of this i think uh you know uh to me one of the really touching things about um speaking to the community down in 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 atlanta is after the tragedy um a lot of uh uh, some of the community groups were doing listening tours uh amongst you know immigrant groups and and you you know we saw a lot of times for the first time first generation asian americans coming out to express um, some of the things that they've experienced, you know, this idea that uh, Asian Americans, we don't speak out, that for a lot of our parents, they, they've experienced a lot of this racism their entire life, but for the first time, they're starting to speak out about it. So I think you're going to see a lot more of these conversations um, happen within, you know, generationally, but also within, you know, the larger um, Asian American community. All right. Well, with that, we're going to leave it there. But I'd like to thank all three of my guests, uh, Gina Kim, producer and TTU uh, director. And of course, Robert Peterson, thank you so much for joining us and sharing a different perspective on a tragic event, but an important story that needs to be more commonly spoken about. And that, of course, is the rise in anti-Asian hate, but also the resilience of the AAPI community. Thank you. Thank you, Jenna. Absolutely.